on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Is School of Rock the peak of Jack Black's movie career? Where does this movie rank among music-based films? How quickly would someone be arrested these days for impersonating a teacher at a private school? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica and Manscaped as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, joined today by two rock and roll legends. We have Brendan White from The Hungry Gamers and Matt Stallone from Audio-Technica. How are you fellas doing? Doing very good, thank you, Jono. Doing really good, JP. Pleasure to be here again with two of my favourite people in the entire world talking about a uh, ripper little film. Mm. We have a bit of history here with the... We, we did the Army of Darkness podcast back in Halloween and when I went to you, Matt, asking you know what episode I could get you back on because we had so much fun that time, Jack Black was the reoccurring theme coming back. I think... Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny, seems like it's your like first preference. But you know, I thought if I'm giving Jack Black his debut on this podcast, we have to talk about School of Rock. Uh, no complaints from me. I think you could start at either one, yeah. and I'd be very happy. I think yeah, Pick of Destiny is just like my, my little heavy metal dream. But this is my this is my rock and roll dream. Yeah, this is so, so uh, awesome. I, I just have to say, like off the bat, is this Jack Black's peak? Because I think it. I think it is personally, as far as cinema goes. Like he, hmm. he was still quite young in his like in his uh, stardom. He kind of made it big from High Fidelity a few years earlier, and that opened a lot of doors for him. He had his own feature film with Shallow Hal prior to this, but I think this is like a movie that was written for him. It makes use of all of his talents and all of his charm. And I think that he's never quite reached the heights of School of Rock again, in my opinion. So what do you guys think? That's tough. Like um, from like a personal preference for myself, I think I prefer Shallow Hell to School of Rock as a movie as a whole, just because it's got a little bit of heart to it. And I'm a sucker for a bit of, bit of that and a nice message. But um, I don't know, like it feels like. I don't know if he's had a, had a peak per se. He's he, like he's consistent. Like he's he's sort of been out in the wilderness, I guess, in the in the 2010s. But he's really come back on with Goosebumps and then the Jumanji films and and now yeah. his uh, appearance on Twitch and you know into video game lore with with um, you know what's he he's got coming up his bloody like Borderlands Clap, and Clap Trap and, yeah. and a few other things. So I don't know. He's just um, I think he's consistent. He's just gotten older and mm. got a more crazy beard. I think this is like the most perfect movie for him. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the peak performance, but it just like it couldn't be more perfect for him. And it was just the timing was perfect. I don't think it's like I think yeah, he's equally great in pretty much all the stuff he does. Like he always just gives it his all. But like this is just so perfectly written for him. Like it was made, it was just made for him. And I think it's just this amazing combination that you can't, you could never try to beat it again. Yeah, it was literally made for him because the writer Mike. White, who plays Ned Schneebly, <laughs> wrote this movie for him. Like that was a guy who lived in the same like building as him in LA, yeah. and Jack Black would like prance around doing his, you know, Jack Black kind of moves and dancing and singing these like classic rock songs. And I think that's where a lot of the inspiration came from. So, you, you it's another thing to to mention is like, can you imagine anyone else playing this role? And like, there's a lot of musical people 
in in comedy like Adam Sandler's like Wedding Singer and, and stuff like that, and then you've got uh, I guess like Jim Carrey's very flamboyant and he's been known to pick up a microphone and, and jam a few times in his movies. But I just can't see anyone pulling it off with the authenticity that Jack Black has with his like tenacious D background. Yeah, I thought about this today actually, and I thought the only person like who's kind of doing films in the movies in the moment, I mean Chris Pratt or something like that, like that. But I don't know. I couldn't really think of anyone else that could do it. So mm. yeah, he stands alone yeah. in this role, one hundred percent. I don't, I don't think yeah, you could take Jack Black out of this and get anywhere near the same experience with actor X Y Z. Yeah, it's interesting. Like a few, like five years after this, did you guys see that movie, The Rocker, with Rain Wilson? I did. Yes. Yeah, no. it's like it, almost the same idea. It's like this old, like aging rock star that got kicked out of his band, like before they made it big, like in the eighties. So he's like past his prime, and he jumps into his nephew's rock band, which is like another high school band. That movie didn't do well, and it isn't on this level. But I think that just goes to show like how hard it is to pull off something like this. Yeah, it's he's just so endearing and you can kind he just somehow he gets away with the crazy shit that he does <laughs> during this movie. Like mm. it's just the the innocence behind his how innocent his character is and his performance because it's just we'll talk about it. it's ridiculous what he gets away with. It's insanity. It <laughs> uh, we had a a comment uh we asked for some comments and questions on Twitter and Simon Blackburn hit us up with saying that this is his number one Jack Black film and it's his favorite music-based film, which made me wonder where do you guys rank it as far as you know, movies that prominently feature Ooh. music because it's a it's a big call. It's definitely up there, but I can't go past, first of all, Spinal Tap. That's like probably number one. Yeah. And if it's not, probably Blues Brothers is my other one where yep. music, there's just, it's not a musical, but there's music all the way through it. And it's just so good. Like, it's just hard to go past. Yeah, like, oh, it's I like, could, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, um, I, I guess similar vibes, like, to how you sort of compare, like, talking about the Blues Brothers there, like, Almost Famous is one that always comes to mind for me um, mm-hmm. as far as a heavy music-inspired film that's just a great journey and a great story. Yeah. So, so that's up there for me. But I don't know, man. Like, unless we're starting to look at pure musicals, uh, I think School of Rock's probably certainly up there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, I'm with you 100%, Jono. Like, there's, there's, there's like kind of a top three, though. I would go School of Rock would be up there with Spinal Tap and Blues Brothers. Not as, like, maybe just underneath them, but I wish there was more music in School of Rock. Mm. I kind of wish there was a bit more. I, I feel like yeah. there could be more music, personally. <laughs> we'll get, I don't even yeah. know if I'd call it a full music movie as well. We'll get to that. I don't think there's enough. I, I want to yeah. talk about that later. I mean, I thought you would have had Tenacious D as, like, your number one based on... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, like, a personal thing. Yeah, I feel like that's... Yeah, but I, I think Tenacious D is a musical almost. Yeah. I think it's more yeah, of a musical. Is. What's so. the What's the movie with uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper? Oh, um, oh, and it's been redone. Like this is the third yeah, third go around yeah. of it. Um, Whatever that movie was called. Yeah, that's that, that's a really that good one. film. Very that was very good. powerful. Bradley Cooper peeing his pants on the award stage was pretty good. Yep. But yeah, different kind of thing, I guess. Like. This and Spinal Tap and Blues Brothers all sit within that comedy realm, so I think that they're probably yeah. like, yeah, let's let's put that up as like the the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, in case we unless we think of something else during the course mm. of this episode. But uh, let let's get on to your personal memories and experiences with this film. Do you remember the first time you saw it, guys? I, I do. Um, 
this was 2003. I, I watched it at, at the cinema. Uh, it's, it's the same old song and dance, me and the boys going to the uh, Kuma Twin Cinemas there, <laughs> even though it was a single cinema. Hard-ass wooden chairs. But I, I remember this movie because Jack Black's hair in this movie was sort of a style that I rocked at the time directly because of Jack Black. Like I had sort of the the like the long-ish hair, the sort of the mop hair Wait, that he the, had going this- on. There's like two haircuts in this movie because when he's dewy, he's got to brush one way. Oh, well, that's, just the part, that's just the part of the fringe. That's all that is. Like I didn't really have a part going. I just had the the mop. Yeah. So I had the, yeah, the yeah. hair about the same length down the side. So I was I was very Jack Black inspired and that wasn't by coincidence. That was by design. Like I uh, wow. I sort of saw that that do rocking around when he was sort of, you know, peak black fandom in the in the early 2000s and, and I wanted to give it a go and I did and I, I rocked the absolute hell out of the Jack Black mop for uh, quite a few years. Mm. Went a little emo a couple of years later and started straightening it and stuff and uh, growing it out longer, and but you, yeah. You mentioned just before we started recording that you were like a big Tenacious D guy. So you would have probably been going into the film with that in mind, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, like that album, what was it? 2001, I think, yeah. was the, the self-titled album. Yeah. And I used to blast that album religiously, like pretty much probably burnt out the burnt out the CD and the laser in my CD player like the amount of times I'd play that like so many so many great songs so many sexual innuendos and ridiculous puns that then you just weave into your general day-to-day discussion so Jack Black was very much in my my ecosystem in everything I did at the time like the way I talked the music I listened to the stuff I was watching like yeah, I was I was almost like a, a disciple of Jack Black. Like I was like this cheap seventeen-year-old ripoff that was slightly in better shape. So uh, yeah, that was me. What about you, Matt? Oh, it would not surprise you if you found out that it's pretty much exactly the same as Brendan. Like from from yeah. every hairstyle included, I had my Jack Black wavy kind of longish mm. hair, and then I eventually pulled out the straightener when I liked listening to Bullet for my oh, Valentine yes. Betray You, and then my musical journey like progressed. So yeah, my hair's like my musical journey is intertwined with Jack Black and Jack Black movies because like I was yeah pretty much into like rock and roll when um. Uh, school of rock came out and i was pretty young in high school i think i can't remember and then like i got into rock and then i started playing drums and i got into metal and then tenacious into pick a destiny came out and <laughs> but like school of rock is what um really started that for me anyway i think it was like a wow. movie because it was like perfect i like, could just go and watch like it was a pg movie i was still pretty young yeah. it's just like awesome and it, like that movie is perfect the way it is it doesn't need to change like it's just well written and well done and yeah it was it was just a very magical time for me having all those movies came out plus i was like yeah little short rotund dude with like stupid longish hair and um i looked like jack black and i could get away with being a little tubby kid for a while it was good (laughs) so yeah yeah that's cool uh interesting we all have kind of a similar like similar theme going here because i was you know we just we just did this episode me and and brendan of the 8-bit cast talking about our musical histories and I talked about like getting into music a bit later in life than other teenagers. So I was at that point, like being in year 10, like 16, 15, 16, that I was starting to like learn guitar. I'd been playing drums for, for a few years already, but I was starting to get into the history of, of rock music a lot more and like like devouring like like Led Zeppelin and, and learning about Metallica and, and trying to f- find out like the, the history that, that brought us to where we are. So this movie really came along at the right time for me being right in the middle of that. And it, it, like the memory's a bit foggy. It might've even inspired that to a certain degree, 
Um, we had a question from Colin Sparling, one of our Kofi supporters, who said, how many kids discovered their love of rock music because of this movie? And just from like this small sample size of three people, it, it may not have like discovered a love of rock, but it certainly fostered that love of rock. And uh, being so kid-friendly, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like, you know, scores of, of children that yeah. were turned on to the clash and the ramones and some of the the who and some of the artists that are featured or, or talked about in this movie yeah a hundred percent i'm going through my like 70s like metal um just love affair at the moment mm. which has been going on for a bit too long but like all the stuff that he plays is just like songs that I've only recently rediscovered again. And I just like, it just, every time I see a riff would play and I'd look over at my partner and I'm like, yeah, this song, I listen to it all the time. And like heaps of Black Sabbath's played, heaps of yeah. Zeppelin's played, like heaps of really cool stuff he plays throughout the whole movie that are just like really iconic and amazing songs that I think really like rediscovering that sort of stuff. It's just, yeah, would just, it would just change your brain if you heard those riffs for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah I think, totally. I think it's, a, it's a gateway drug, this, this whole film score and then the songs on the official soundtrack. Like it's a great ease into, into, into classic rock and, and punk and stuff like that. It's, it's a phenomenal soundtrack. Like the who's who of mm. the eighties and seventies and whatnot else are on there. And it's, it's, it's certainly a, a soundtrack that's worth anyone's time. You know, if, if you want to listen to some good music, even if you're just not a rock fan, I think you can appreciate everybody yeah. on this on this bill. I did a little bit of homework for this, Jono, Ooh. and I took a, I found a the in one of the scenes in this movie. I don't know if this is the right time to talk about this, Why but not? I'm squeezing it in because we're talking it. about the like how you know it's like a rock and roll history sort of thing. Um, there's a chalkboard in the movie with the history of rock on yeah. it. And I was like going through it during the movie. I just paused it and looked at all the bands and it's like this amazing, it's so accurate. All the bands listed are just like really well thought out. <laughs> like someone who really cares wrote this massive chalkboard and I've got like a, a, a file of it. And just like, you could screenshot that and you would do as a kid, if you liked heavy metal or rock and roll mm. and you heard it for the first time, you looked at that chalkboard, you'd be, you'd be sorted. Cause that chalkboard is so, so accurate great. and amazing. That's so, so great. Yeah. It's just a little bit yeah. of extra for you. And it's that, that great thing about like classic rock where I think, a metal band like, you know, Black Sabbath and a punk band like The Who are like closer together in style than two metal bands would be now because there's been such a, like a diversion yeah. of like subgenres that like you can have five metal bands and none of them sound anything similar, right? Mm. But back yeah, then everything was a bit more like a bit more digestible and a bit more like towards like just rock like general classic rock with that influence and they all were yeah. finding their own style and, and messing around with different sounds and coming up with some really cool stuff but i think that like you can be a classic rock fan and be a fan of you know a bunch of groups that were in different genres but they all they're still like if you turn on a classic rock radio station they're all going to be getting played <laughs> Yeah, 100%. No, they did really good. It, it was just really accurate bands and everything chosen. And because all the riffs are normally played with the same guitar, you can just hear the sim like they, it's all yeah. the same tuning yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> and it just kind of like they all kind of blend into one a little bit. So it's cool. Yeah, that's great. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, so talk about this all night. Colin had some other questions. How do they pull that big a crowd for a battle of the bands on a weekday? And did you <laughs> wish this situation? <laughs> did you wish this situation happened at your school like I did growing up? Yeah, I was always envious watching like 
anything Americana and they'd have these battles of the bands and, and just school life in general, you know, they have the cafeteria and the sloppy joe, all that stuff. I was so <laughs> constantly envious of American schooling, watching, you know, and Canadian schooling, watching Degrassi and crap like that as a kiddo. But um, yeah, we, we had nothing going on in Kuma. We, we had a couple of bands come through at the tail end of my teens and adulthood, but we had like, we had like Slim Dusty or Lee Kernigan play once in a <laughs> every few years you know that was like the peak for kuma wow. so we never had anything like wow. this there wasn't even enough bands in kuma to have a battle of the bands it was like battle of a band and the, the music group or something you know so i was very envious in short yeah I, I wish we had this kind of stuff all the time at school i'm I'm not very musically inclined i'm, I'm pretty pretty terrible when it comes mm. to instruments and what have you but i could i could book the hell out of the gig if one was to come around yeah. that's for sure <laughs> You, yeah, man. um, I definitely I did go to one battle of the bands growing up, and it was like maybe like fifty kids went to see about maybe like six bands or something, and it was fine. Mm. Like it was for what it was at the time. I think it was not much more I could have asked for as a kid. So yeah, I've been to like went to one sort of thing. Nothing of a no, no, no one of the standard of the situation though. I was never so <laughs> lucky to witness something like the situation live. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I never did that in high school. I I played in a few battle of the bands over my like young adult years but i did have a situation that i need to talk about that relates to this movie right so i i was in year 12 and i had a friend of mine two friends of mine who were in a band with me who were younger one of them was in like year 10 no one one of them was in year 9 so 3 years younger he was a drummer and we were in a band and one of them was in year 8 so he was 14 and he <laughs> was like his hero was angus young so he like learnt all the acdc songs <laughs> he could play all the guitar solos and f- for because he studied music at school he had to do like a performance at the end of the year and he wanted to do school of rock so him and this drummer and me played the school of rock song from the end of the movie in like the school concert at an auditorium in our school uniforms which were at private school like the blazer and the shorts so (laughs) it was very like on par with the film uh i i was like average at lead guitar so when it came time for me to do like a solo i just played like a Sum 41 solo in the same key <laughs> as, 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 as this song. But it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was good fun learning like that song and, and being able to play it on a stage. That was, that was pretty cool. That's epic. I thought you were about to say, and then right before the gig started, they kicked you out of the band. No. <laughs> so you went and started another band. That would have been pretty, with them pretty and... epic, but yeah, no, that yeah. didn't. <laughs> so was there any uh, stage dives that occurred during that, that set? No, nah, I don't know if the parents would have would have caught us or caught, caught me especially. I was smaller than I am now, but still too big for any of that. Because <laughs> you you were pretty much Jack Black in this scenario. You're the old creepy dude hanging out with the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have caught little Juzzo if he jumped out. But funny thing is, like that, like Justin, who was that like year eight kid, is now like a career musician. He plays in a band called Jack the Fox, and he's a, an amazing guitarist. And the drummer is like a sessions drummer that plays in like a boy band. Like he's been on my podcast and stuff. Like it's just, it's funny that I, I turned out to be like the talentless one compared to them. Talentless, Jono, wash your mouth out with soap. Never say that oh, look, again. I'm, Thank you I'm very not much. playing music for a career. So like compared to them is all oh, I'm saying. Anyway. That's all right. Your, your beautiful talent shifted <laughs> elsewhere. All right. All right. So 
that's that's yeah that's my personal experience with this movie i definitely went and saw it in the cinema and was really big fan of it and i think because it was in a i guess it was a it's hard to tell what year level these kids are in because some of them are like 15 and some of them are 10 uh yeah but i guess it's like a high school or a junior school in in the u.s but that made it relatable being like 14 or 15 when the movie came out and i think yeah jack black being jack black it was so like you're just drawn to that character and to that performance and we'll get a bit uh to that a bit more later on but for now let's have a little look at the reception to the film it cost 35 million dollars and made 131 at the box office which is really good Uh, and it was the highest grossing music themed comedy of all time until it was overtaken by pitch perfect 2 there you go just uh six years ago Truth, I don't mind the Pitch Perfect movies, to be, if I'm being completely honest. I, all of them, though? The first two. The third one, maybe not so much, right. but the first two, um, I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, interestingly... The, I haven't watched them. No comment. Um, the guy that... The Ned Schneebly yeah, guy he did, he did the third movie. one. Yeah, he wrote Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good on him. He's got two... Oh, he's not, yeah, I don't know how that grossed, but anyway. He's got one of the top musical-themed comedies of all time with this one, so... He's done well, uh, and I yeah I want to know what you guys have for the Rotten Tomatoes score. If you weren't going to guess how it was received, oh, I'm going to go oh 88. I was I was going to say high 80s as well. I'm going to go, I'm going to go uh, Price is Right rules and go 89. Mm. I knew you were going to do it. I knew. It. I was like, don't do it. He's going to. F- He's going to do it, sorry. And he, then he did it. He did it. I knew he was going to do it. It's going to be 87 or 89. There's no way. It was. Anyway, continue, Jonas. Sorry. 91. That's that's Thanks, very impressive. <laughs> Great guess, for, for tomatoes. That's that's a big score for tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think yeah. that's the highest I've been part of on this show yet. Is that the highest you've had on this show? Nah, nah. We, we've had like some like really we high. We watched Army of Darkness, Brendan. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but that was, that was in had, the like... 60s, I think. I think on tomatoes. Yeah, like... Big Lebowski and, you know, Groundhog Day and Truman Show. And, like, those kinds of movies always tend yeah, to, yeah, okay. to get in those high 90s. But, yeah, for, for a uh, for a movie that's, like, led by one of these, you know, slapstick kind of guys yeah. like Jack Black. Like, yeah, that's it's probably the highest that Jack Black's ever, ever had a movie go. 91%. Yeah, uh, it's a banger. Yeah. But... Um, I've got a comment here from a, a, a journalist at New York Magazine who said it would be a shame if only kids went to see this film. Adults who can still plug into their inner rocker, if only to play air guitar, will love it too. And I, I like that comment because it's such a wholesome movie and such a easy watch. And like you said, Matt, like it's PG, but it doesn't feel kiddie. Like it's it's a, a tier above like the Mighty Ducks and those kinds of movies that are kids' movies. In that, in that, like Jack Black's just so enigmatic and charismatic, and yeah. like the music's there, and it's just such a, a cool, like fish out of water story of this rock star or this wannabe rock star who's in a private school. I think it just works. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think like the only difference between watching it now is like you just you get one, you just can't you can't. I've said it a hundred times. You can't believe what he kind of gets away with back then. Didn't even register in my brain. I don't never thought it was never talked about, and now you're just like. Uh, okay <laughs> but anyway yes we, uh, that, that's one of the questions coming up so we'll save that but the number one song when this movie released 
Uh, well, do you want to guess, Brendan? I think I went straight for it last time and you got a bit upset. <laughs> I think I got fake upset. <laughs> 2003. October 2003 in the US. Black, something Black Eyed Peasy, maybe? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I think that's Not when they Black started really cracking in with like Where's the Love and all those songs. Mm. Maybe Beyonce? Yes. Oh, maybe it Kanye. Is, it is Beyonce. Oh, oh really? Beyonce. Oh, you can. Yeah, you, I don't think anyone's ever guessed it, but you've got the artist. Um, oh, the song. It's Be- Beyonce featuring someone. Featuring somebody. Um, my Beyonce knowledge is not that great. <laughs> I know a daughter just won an award for some reason the other day. Really? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, back then. Did you give up? I'm going to say... The only song I can think of of hers outside of the one she done with Jay Z is it is it like Baby Boy or something like that? You nailed it, Baby Boy. Brendan, what? With Sean Paul. Ah, oh, yes. Nice I peaked. One. We were talking about Jack Black's it. peak. This yes. is mine right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. And in the Aria charts, so so that was Billboard. In the Aria charts, it was Britney Spears with Madonna. Me against the music, oh. which I don't remember, but I, I remember them pashing at one of the MTV awards or something. Yeah. So that's probably around the oh, same that's time. That's the one. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. did they sort of open the floodgates on the girl on girl awards show kisses after that? Because they started coming thick and fast, I remember, after Madonna and Britney shared a sneaky. I don't, know. I don't have good recollection no. of that, Brendan. Sounds like you. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I should note that a month later, it was Guy Sebastian's Angels Brought Me Here that was oh, number one. Damn. So that, that gives you a bit of an idea of what was happening. That you know, No ACDC in the charts, obviously. So this movie, in the fact that it was like a rock-based thing in itself, was probably yep. you know, a bit of a novelty. So that was, that was Guy Sebastian's first song after Australian Idol, wasn't it? Yes. Damn. Yep. Well, Nolsey would have been yep. in them charts too. Yeah. Ooh, true. Here's some rock for you. That- that may That's have been Clash of the Titans. Yeah, yeah it may have Oof. been the next year, but uh, either way, what have you done for me lately? This is where we talk about what these actors are up to these days. Brendan's already mentioned Jack Black's Jumanji and Twitch and Borderlands uh, work that's coming up soon. Joan Cusack, who we haven't mentioned yet, she's always busy. Nothing like super stand out she's one of those actors that's just kind of recognizable and she's just always there uh, but toy story 4 is the one that i wrote down for her i didn't even realize that she was a you know voice actor but she's done the role of jesse for yeah like, the, the, the cowgirl right yeah movies. yeah and like all the video games and like all the little bits and pieces that have come along with that so that in itself would be like almost a full-time gig when you think about it um she did do a psych uh psych what's the word psychological thriller last year called Homecoming which was on a few episodes oh yeah that's um saw that Julia Roberts isn't it Homecoming uh I don't know I just read it down she was in um I was watching Mr. Mercedes the other day she was in that for a little bit too right um Sarah Silverman who I had forgotten was in this movie completely (laughs) forgotten that she was in this movie um she's got a rom-com coming out this year with Owen Wilson and J-Lo it's called Marry Me think she's just pretty busy being a comedian and doing a podcast and that kind of thing mike white we mentioned wrote pitch perfect three after writing this and putting himself in there as ned schneebly 
and <laughs> he actually wrote a movie called Brad's Status or Status, which is a Ben Stiller indie that's on my Netflix list at the moment, but I haven't checked it out yet. I think it's meant to be pretty good. Yeah. Have you heard of that one? I have all? not. No. No. Yeah. No, sir. Under the radar, but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, Miranda Cosgrove, who plays Summer Hathaway, probably the only of the child actors that's gone on yep. to have like a high profile career in 2012, which was uh, nine years after this movie came out. She was listed in the Guinness World Records as the highest paid child actress of 2012. She still would have been a teenager, but that was like the iCarly. Yeah years i believe gotcha and since yeah, then yeah. she's been doing like the despicable me movies she's been in all of them so she's not like a huge like household name with my demographic at least but she's still working so i'll give her some kudos for that and before we like move on to the rest of the categories something that you suggested matt was you know a bit of a where are they now with the rest of these kids because yep. there's a lot of child actors in this movie which we can probably touch on quickly I think that they're actually mostly really good. Like they, f- f- considering they grabbed like the best musicians they could find. Like that was the first thing they were looking for was people who could actually play the instruments. They did yep. a pretty good job finding kids who could act at least to like a believable level for high school kids. Yeah, I think they all did a pretty good job as well. I I, I don't know what more you could have asked for them for the time for that movie. I think they did a good job. Yeah, yeah Z- Zach Attack was certainly there for his shredding as opposed to his acting. He was probably the weakest of the uh, of yeah, the kiddos, true. but the rest of them I think were wrong. Yeah. Like he was still like, and you got to give credit credits to you. I think he was ten at the time for this movie. Yeah, but um, yeah, he was certainly the yeah. most wooden of the kiddos. But they were they were real. They're all great kid actors. They they were doing that's, their thing. Yeah, but that's the thing is that like you can believe that a kid would be like that as well because they're all kind of awkward and they're at that stage of life where they're not really sure what's going on and like the music is where he gets to like express himself or whatever so it, it works i think yeah, it I works th- i think he um he kind of like the kid gets less nervous as the movie's filming because the character as well kind of develops a bit but yeah. like it sort of like by the end of it he's kind of singing the song and rib- ribbing a bit with like jack black so i think it, he kind of like he gets better. He gets yeah. better. And you can see like the way that his dad is and you can, it kind of explains yeah. why he's like yeah. in this shell or whatever. Yeah. He's got to tell him to step off. Yeah. Step off. <laughs> step off. <laughs> so, so Zach's name is Joey Gatos Jr. And he has pretty much just gone full into music. He's released a solo album in the last 12 months. So still, still living that musician life, which is good for him. Uh, Kevin Clark, who plays the drummer Freddie, probably one of the better actors of the kids in this movie. Yeah, he was but great. He, he never, good. yeah, he never acted again after this movie. <laughs> I, I thought for a split second that it was Draco Draco Malfoy for a minute there. I looked at him like, is it? No, yeah. oh no, it's not. No, the timeline doesn't line up. Mm. So he plays drums for a band called Dreadwolf. Which, That's a great name. I mean, I've I've never heard of, but good on him for still having a career in music. Um, then we've got Jordan Claire Green, who played one of the groupies, and she has continued acting. She's done like Alias, and she was on Arrested Development and that kind of thing. Caitlin Hale, who was, you know, Blondie, another one of the backup dancers. So she's actually like basically a doctor. <laughs> she's an <laughs> ultrasound technologist. She works in OBGYN. 
but she has done like little bits of acting here and there. So she just she's got a horror movie coming out this year called Grimacing Manor, which I'm sure that Matt will be checking out at some stage in his life. God, that name sounds rough. <laughs> it sounds crap already. Just just quietly. <laughs> I don't know. It could be could be too crap for me. It's got Oof. it's got manor in it. You know, that's always like ooh, manor. <laughs> Uh, Mariam Hassan, who played Tamika, the uh, African-American singer, she, you know, obviously had an amazing voice in this movie and she's continued singing as well. She's got a bit of a YouTube channel happening. So she's working on like vocal arrangements and composition. Rivka Reyes, who plays the bassist in the movie, she's an interesting one because, well, I guess they're an interesting one because they came out with uh, an article... um, last year called confessions of an obsolete child actor and she was talking i say she but her pronoun is they i keep stuffing it up but they said that they'd had this whole like child actor experience of being like sexualized and seeing comments where people would say like oh wait till she's 18 and this kind of thing when she was you know probably an early teenager at the time of this movie so that's a whole thing and that's an article that you can read that they published online last year because they're still acting and like doing comedy and stand-up comedy and that kind of thing so still working and still like doing quite well but yeah just like a a really interesting story Mm. people are crap that's that's the that's the full stop of that story people are gross it is yeah uh the only other one I'll mention is Brian Fulduto, who played Fancy Pants, the stylist. The nickname Jack Black <laughs> gave to some of these kids, like, I was cringing going like, oh, no. Oh, I totally forgot about this. <laughs> I know. Notes. I'm like, oh, goodness. Yeah, okay. Yep, there's another one. <laughs> Turkey <laughs> sub and bloody brace face and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. these poor kids. The, tur- the turkey sub was okay because she gave him her turkey sub. So it wasn't like... Yeah, I had to like, like, oh, oh uh, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like, oh, you're fat turkey sub. It was like, you gave me a turkey sub. <laughs> anyway, uh, this guy has been still acting, but he also hosts a podcast and a book club as a mindfulness coach. And his uh, online handle is at the gay life coach. So, I, I yeah, I, I guess he, like, he's playing this very camp character as a child and he's gone on to to give himself the handle the gay life coach so I don't, him. Yeah. there you go crushing it <laughs> that's it so cool to see these actors getting together with a 10-year reunion in like 2013 they played on stage with jack black and it looks like some of them like they might not be friends that hang out all the time but they still like think fondly at, of those experiences and seeing them like play music on stage with jack black with ten, yeah. I guess ten years of hindsight about how lucky they are to to have that opportunity, they look like they're really enjoying it. Uh, the the one person I didn't mention was the guy that plays. Uh, I haven't got his name. You yet. mean Mr. Cool Lawrence? Mr. Cool, yeah, yeah Lawrence. So he yeah. he went on to be like a classical pianist. He never acted again, and he he probably was like the worst actor of these people. But it kind of works for his character because he's meant to be like. I'm not cool super and shy. like really yeah, shy yeah. and like not confident, but I I love him. He's such a fun character in this movie. I can't get over his hair in the in the the Battle of the Bands concert <laughs> at the end. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> All right. 
So we're moving into the questions now. What's the most 2000s moment of Jack Black's School of Rock? I, I just related to him all too well with his extensive collection of CDs and records. Like um, anytime he's in yeah. his little uh, makeshift bedroom with the bedsheet walls, you know, he's got a gajillion CDs. And I, at the same time, I had a gajillion CDs. I had walls and walls and walls of them. So that was that was the big one for me because the fashion is... You know, there's nothing too two thousandsy about it. Like you could see people wearing the yeah. same oh, now. Wow. Oh, his his baggy pants are very baggy. Yeah, pants. dude. If you go to a metal show, yeah, they're back, baby. It's <laughs> not much. Uh, it's pretty standard. Yeah, really? it's pretty yeah. normal for that. I think for that kind of person, and like it's, I, I think that movie's aged really well. When he's a school like, teacher, though, the pants are still. Yeah. Oh, very they're, baggy. they're big boys. They're big boy pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know. I I, I other than the CDs and stuff that. Because all the music that's played is like yeah. from like the seventies and eighties. There's nothing new being played, you know. They're in a shitty van. Everyone still drives shitty vans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's based. There's no real need for computers in any of it and stuff like that. I think like yeah, just the old. But even then, I look into my room. Like I got heaps of records and CDs still. I think it's just like a yeah, it's a little like metalhead really into music type thing. So it's hard. I I, I struggled with this with this question other than the fact that there's no way in the hell that this could ever go be okay yeah, now yeah. <laughs> that's the most 2000 yeah yeah it. it's yeah. it's funny like the pop culture references are mostly like as you said like 80s and, and that kind of thing but then there's the the part where he's like what music do you listen to and they're like oh, christina aguilera and what were the other ones they said like yeah yeah true um God, the christina aguilera one's the only one that stands out for me even though i watched it like seven hours ago yeah yeah, I can't remember what else they say, but it, like, it's not that much. Very and then, like, the most two thousand thing is the fact that they're all like playing with acoustic instruments inside, whereas right now you they will be plugged in and yeah, at a, like nice level into interfaces and on a tech- on a musical technological level, it'd be you wouldn't have to hide it and stuff like that. Mm. So I guess the fact that they're just trying to like uh, the way they're acoustically <laughs> treating the the schoolrooms rule two thousands with just like all that stuff around it and things like that. So yeah, like that that's my only other time. <laughs> and I think thing. I think the big Mac computers, like when they've got the the security covert yeah, ops yeah. down the hallway when old Roz is on the, doing a rounds. You see the big old, mm. the big iMac or whatever the heck it was called back then. But that's it. Like it was, it was tough to sort of drill it down to specific 2000s moments, I felt. Yeah. Yep. Which is a good thing. Like they, they made the movie fairly timeless. Like there's a reference where he says like MTV came along and ruined music and that kind mm. of thing. I think we're so far beyond MTV being like relevant, but also like the thing that ruined music now like that's quite quaint to think about like and i think it's lost for us too because we never got it until a handful of years ago like in the 80s 90s and 2000s it was channel v and video hits and stuff so Mm -hmm. i don't think it hits with the same sort of potential oomph like there was no mtv on pay tv for us back then but i think the fact that music has like sorry the internet has come along and just changed music way more than probably you know at that like he's he's got a problem with mtv but i think he would have an even bigger problem with the internet like oh, what that's yeah. done because there's like when was the last time you watched a music video that wasn't because it was like controversial or something you know like yeah. i watched was, one today the- thank you very much i wanted to listen to one of my oh. old mates bands from sydney and i jumped on spotify to try and find <laughs> their stuff but it was like when they replaced the singer so i had to go back and try and dig up the stuff when ant was the singer and i found one and watched right. it so so there. there you go. Shout well, out to a I meant, like a, I meant a new music video for a band that's current. But hey, 
whatever. I watched whatever. I watched the odd one. A lot of the the bands and music that I follow don't um, make music videos. Though. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like it was such not a regular. A, it was such an oh. important part of putting out a song back then. Was like, what's the music video going to be yeah. like? And there were bands think, yeah. that like you discovered because they had music videos that were funny or cool or whatever it was. You know. Yeah, there was a, there's actually a, there's a few more that I that I read. Yeah, the other one there's kind of like Gojira songs. I watch like big metal bands. When a big metal band releases a new music video, it's actually like really exciting because there's not that many music videos anymore. Yeah. So when like a massive band releases like a massive single with an epic music video, I still get excited for it. There you go. But yeah, I mean, you put it pretty well. Like, there's not a lot that's aged in that sense. Yep. I mean, there's the scene where he's doing the digital, <laughs> like he's creating the graphic oh, yeah. for, for their like for their, <laughs> for their logo, and it's yeah. just like you can see it, it's very much just like a pre-rendered video of combining those logos together. But uh, anyway, what is the most iconic scene of School of Rock? <sighs> oh, it's I I think it's got to be the final yep. performance. That's that's mine as the big one too. I think yeah. it's. I, I don't think anything else is... Imp- you're leading up to it the whole time. They finally get there and they do it and it's awesome. And it's they so get good. an encore. Like, <laughs> yeah, they get an encore. They roll out and shred some ACDC. It's great. It's ACDC. Yeah, yeah. It's sick. I don't think... I, I think that's got to be it, personally. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sucker for musical moments in movies and I was just, just talking about this on our Zoolander episode, but... Almost every time there's like a, a big musical scene, that's what I go to for most iconic. What I had was the Legend of the Rent performance in the classroom, yeah. though. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, the improv, the whole imp- well, he, that's the whole improv one, right? Where he's like trying to figure it all out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah when Zach's like, yeah, play it yourself. Times. That one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So so what's yeah. so there's a few things about this. Like, it's it's. For starters, it's a one shot. Like it's a, it's just one tracking oh, shot. Oh yeah, that that is a very good point. It starts in close on his face, and it never cuts for two minutes. Right, it's such a long shot. Yeah, a hundred percent. And he is, he just nails it perfectly. Like he's yeah. not only performing, but he's like doing his dances and his Jack Blackisms, and he's They're so th- aggressive, aren't they? Yeah. His movements, and he, he's not turning it down at all. Like he's doing it as on- he's doing it as if he was on a stage in front of like yeah. a hundred thousand people, with every single, you know, like he, he he doesn't hold anything back, and he's throwing yeah. in the like like the explanations and the little notes like. You seen Hawaii Five O? You know the drums, and he's like yeah, telling them. And this is where the like you know the the fog comes in, and there's a light on my face, and it's just so funny and so good. And yeah, like even like the part leading up to it, where he's you know it's a little bit nervous about revealing his song, and he's like you know playing the little notes, like the tri note thing to to get his key right. There's just so much good about it, and. I can just watch that scene over and over because it's just like the perfect encapsulation. Like when Jack Black gets inducted into whatever Hall of Fame or like Lifetime Achievement, I think they would just show that scene because it's two minutes of him and nothing else yeah. being Jack Black. All right, I'll give it. That's the most iconic Jack Black scene. I think yeah. the maybe the musical performance at the end is like the grandiose scene because it's like the climax of the movie. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I the very very well. I forgot how I wrote it down. I forgot how long it's. It is a single take. Mm. If you you if anyone listens to this has watched this movie, just like watch this scene because it is just awesome. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. Legend of the Rent, and I, I love the Rent. I love that people have taken his vocals and his explanation of what the song is meant to sound like and have recorded it like 
the clip that I sent to you guys wasn't something from like an official soundtrack. It was just some yeah. random person went and made it, and it's just such an epic song. And this is what I was referring to before when you said there's not enough music. I'm devastated that there's no full band version of this song. Like, yeah, yeah. that would be because you want it for the encore. So when good, they're going to yeah. play the encore, you want Legend of the Ren. That's what I like. ACB, I, think, so. I remember when I watched this way back when in the cinemas, and, and you just thought, okay, they're playing that song, no ifs or buts. Like that's what yeah. they're coming out to shred right now. And then, like, I'm not upset about some ACDC, <laughs> but yeah, big miss yeah. there. Big miss yeah, with no Legend, been of Legend of the Ren. Yep, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. We had a question from Benny about this actually, and he wanted to know. What's the best song in the movie? And why is it Joan Cusack doing Stevie Nicks' Edge of Seventeen? <laughs> <laughs> she she's so underrated in this movie. Like I just love I how agree. how awkward and straight she plays it the entire time. And even like in my little notes about great note like great little moments in the movie where she's trying to drink the beer and she's like <laughs> little sip and she nearly <laughs> dies. Like yeah. I was in stitches watching that again. And she goes back to the well and cracks it on, but like yeah, I don't know that I don't know if I've got a favorite from this. Um, like I think what like JP, what you just said, like even though we didn't get the full completion of Legend of the Rent, yeah. that two minutes is magic. Like because it is just Jack Black freestyle doing his own thing, and and the kids play their parts well in it too. Like there's no awkward, awkward sort of interactions that breaks that sort mm-hmm. of that momentum. So I don't know. I, I do love list, hearing me a bit of uh, Ramones though playing throughout this. I'm a big Ramones fan, yeah. so so getting getting some good extended play of of the Ramones always had my head tapping. Yeah, the first riff he plays is Iron Man by Black Sabbath. The first <laughs> one he does the Zach, and I'm like, yeah, it was so good. Though. Like they, they he picks the first one and it's just it doesn't stop getting awesome from there. There's too many good songs. It's good. I think in terms of like original songs from the movie there there aren't that many unfortunately mm. so it's pretty up to you i think legend of the rent has got to be yeah it, that, that's it for me but yeah brendan the, i'm a sucker for a montage and that montage of him like teaching the kids about the history of rock <laughs> and yeah. it's it's um bonzo goes to bitburg by the ramones oh. which is my favorite ramones song and a really underrated tune for them i think um that's just that's like a heart to that song that i, I think is underrated but He's like pointing to the, the 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 blackboard, and he's like teaching them how to do like Angus Young moves, and like you know, yep. uh, spinning like playing the videos of Hendrix and playing videos mm-hmm. of of Angus Young spinning around on the like this. It's just such a fun thing to to imagine a teacher taking that level of detail to teach children not only how to play music but how to be a rock god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like I think. I think one thing that's big as well for the, that soundtrack is that they managed to get Immigrant Song on there. Like, yes, that's Because Led Zeppelin have thing. been notoriously like, we're not lending out this song to anybody, but they did like a, a concert for, in front of a, a gajillion people and sort of did a lot like Jack Black did yeah. a live request to say, yo, we need we need you guys to sign off on this. And then they did. So I think that's that's a big get too because it it's, it's one of the all-time greats, that track. Yeah, I think it was probably when they were filming like the Battle of the Band scene, they probably used the crowd to their advantage to to do that. And that was a suggestion from Mike White, the writer, to, to approach it that way. And it really makes that scene in the van when he's driving the kids with that song playing. It makes that so much better. It's funny mm-hmm. though, since this movie, it's been used, I feel like it's been used a lot more. Like it was in So Ragnarok, many times, yeah. yeah. Used really, really well in Ragnarok yeah. too. My God, that was perfect. Yeah scene to soundtrack accompaniment right there mm. 
Yeah, it's perfect for that because it's like what the song's about, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what holds up the best? I'm gonna say, um, I'm gonna say Dewey's life lessons and speeches. So <laughs> I, I was just constantly just smiling and, and nodding along, like the the big speech about the man. Uh, you know, talking to to Lawrence when he sort of gives him the Mister Cool moniker, and I, I had to giggle a little bit when he's like, "You know what? You're in a band, so you're cool." And I'm like, "I know so many people throughout my life that are just people. They're ugly, they're talentless, they're whatever. But because they're in a band and they're in, on stage, and that band could still be crap, but still people think they're cool. Like it's just something that goes hand in hand with musicians. So I was in stitches about that, and even the last part where he's um where he's talking to old turkey sub and and you know he's talking about how he's a little bit heavier and she's like why don't you go on a diet and he's like because i like to eat and i'm like my man so yeah. do I. I love you jack black you're the best oh that's so good yeah what did you have maddie oh i don't know i, I think just like the the music like yeah. just the talking about the music and the history of music and all that sort of stuff all those lessons about just going back to all these like foundation it's like someone who's like discovering all these bands and if you're wanting to get into music and things like that i don't know i think those lessons still really hold up sounds dumb he's talking about bands in the 70s but it's just like everything you're saying is true about all these bands and if you take a lot of this music seriously and listen to it and really start like diving deep it's just awesome and i think like there's lessons that he's teaching the way he's kind of like trying to encourage people listening to all these epic old school bands is just awesome so for me just hear that that's like a real big chord for me and mm. i loved it like and i just like i wish that i now when i go back and like watch this movie I'm like i wish i paid more attention to this movie when i was younger and more impressionable because like now i'm like oh he's right everything he's saying is right why did it take me so long to like understand jack black's message about like rock and metal <laughs> and stuff like that he's so right in this movie and i wish i just took it more seriously <laughs> back then so i think yeah people should take the music the, the lessons about music in this movie seriously what are what's an example of one of those lessons that resonates with you oh i just i don't know just i think just yeah going back to like all those foundation bands and musicians when you're like learning how to play an instrument yeah. like you, these guys like all these different bands they talk about are like pillars of like rock and metal history and like there's so many different subgenres now but back then mm-hmm. everyone was just figuring it all out and so, like, these are all just awesome, like, foundation bands that they're talking about in the history of, like, rock. Yeah. And it's just good, great lessons. And I think it's, like, everyone who's, like, can play an instrument or likes music should go back and just appreciate yeah. all that good work that was done in the 70s. It's, it's cool because you see the kids, like, transforming as the movie goes on as well. Like, yeah. not to say there was, like, anything wrong with them at the start, but you can see, like, the influence of, of the teacher coming through where they're, like, you know... The kid calls. The kid says to the the principal, "Like you're the man." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I the thing that I had for this was just how wholesome it is, and like, you know, we'll get to it soon. But like, Jack Black's character is a bit of a bit of a dirtbag in some ways, and he in some, <laughs> and he, he kind of comes through with with a bit of heart, and and like, the most important thing becomes like the way that he's like seeing these kids come out of their shells and push the boundaries of, of their own, you know, comfort zones and stuff like that. So I, I think instilling confidence in the kids and in him, he's obviously confident himself and he's in that position because of the way he sees himself through his ability in music. So I think that it says a lot about the power of music. And I think that that really holds up well. Oh, well put. So I want to talk about our friends at Manscaped while we're here. Talking about the very best in men's self-care and self-grooming. Talking about this scene in this movie where Dewey's telling Tamika 
doesn't matter if you're a little bit big because you're talented and confident and people will love you anyways. And the thing that I love about Manscaped is that they have a range of products that help you look and feel your best because if you are feeling yourself, everyone else will come around. So these grooming gurus really seem to have something for any insecurity you might have. Whether it's body odor, you know, there's the crop cleanser, moisturizer that's going to reinvigorate your entire body. I've even got a refined cologne for the finishing touch. How about smelly feet? Maybe you give the foot duster a shot for a 24-hour deodorant spray. If you've got a problem with nose hair, ear hair even, not anymore, thanks to Manscaped's Weed Whacker. It's got this 360-degree rotary dual blade system that'll take care of that problem. Maybe you or maybe your partner don't care for your body hair. So the Lawnmower 3.0 is going to have you covered with this cutting edge ceramic blade. More features than you realize you even needed on an electric trimmer. So when you talk about genius engineering, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the Gibson SG of trimmers. Maybe it'll even be a collectible one day. So, you know, you can buy two of them. Keep one of them in mint condition, as Jack Black would say. <laughs> <laughs> so if any of this sounds right for you grab 20% off and free shipping with the offer code 8bit that's A-T-E-B-I-T over at manscaped.com okay so now that we've covered that what holds up the worst Matt you've got some ideas oh a little bit I think some of the language used is like uh Whilst it's probably kind of correct in some ways, probably not going to hold up in 2021, I think. Fancy pants and calling everyone sissies half the time and like all that sort of stuff could have been done, but you kind of just go a little bit. Um, so I think just some of the language that Jack Black does, but obviously I've been talking about it the whole time, just the, the shit that they get away with and like, you know, his, just this, the, the, the lack of, re- just, just the reality of, I think the reality of what he did sinks in now. Mm-hmm. Back then, you can kind of get away with it. It was just like, it was just not a non-issue. But now you just look at that, you're like, you couldn't get away with that now. So I think just that whole thing just doesn't. Yeah. You can't, you can't help it. You just, you, it's in the back of your mind. You're like, how is this happening? So yeah, <laughs> you you're, you're referring it. to, I guess, the stolen identity or the identity theft of pretending to be someone that you're not so to predict yeah. pretending to be a licensed school teacher when you're not is uh yeah. p- probably a felony i'd have to guess yeah <laughs> Just 100%, a little, maybe a little yeah. one yeah it's <clears throat> crazy <clears throat> I, I i i couldn't i don't know like you're watching the parents freak out and I'm like, if that was my kid, I'd just kill that dude. I just I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Dumped my child. And they're pretty much like, ready to do it until it's like, oh, he's taught the music. I guess it's yeah. okay. <laughs> I mean he's happy. Woo. But like he I don't know. <laughs> it's just any- <laughs> Yeah. That I mean that. I I couldn't I don't know. I, I harping on about it the whole time. No, just that. It's, it's, it yeah, was so baffling point. so baffling to me. Like we talked about it offline where during the parent-teacher interviews, you know, the, the mid-year review or whatever it is, and the police are there and you think, oh, no, he's going to jail. And then he runs away from the police and just goes home and there's yeah. no repercussions at all. There's It's never spoken of again. And then the yeah. next day, he's with the kids anyway. Like, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. like, yeah, it's anyway, it's just Jack Black <laughs> doing Jack Black things. But I'm with Maddie. Some of the humor, like, yeah, the, the fancy pants, the spazzy McGee, stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, they're a bit rough. And then... And then calling like you know the the young innocent girls the groupies, yes. and then uh, then the next day she's like, I did some research and they're sluts, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, fuck, yeah. okay, we're <laughs> going there. Whammy. All right, yep. 
Yeah. And, and he moved, he moved, he moved Summer to be the manager, but left the other one still as groupies. Like yeah, no. <laughs> you know, never never recast them in, in in the band. Yeah, that was the one that I had the most out of the way that he treats the kids is like telling them that they're groupies and he's he's in the band. So you could look at that in a nefarious way where he's like telling these kids that they're his groupies. Yeah, stranger yeah. danger going yeah, on up that's, in here. That's kind of weird and, and creepy in hindsight, but yeah, you know, it's Jack Black, so he kind of gets away with it, yeah. you know? But uh, uh, yeah, it's the whole stolen yeah. identity thing. It's the pretending to be someone you're not and, you know, for money, essentially. And then like he's using these kids for his own personal gain to win this battle of the bands. And it's only really that parent-teacher interview where he's like, he realizes the gig's up. It's not going to happen. And he starts like pouring out his soul and saying like, your kid's awesome. Your kid's awesome. Like these kids are awesome that you see, like it's had an effect on him. And it's like, he came yeah. in there for himself and he entered the, he tried to get into the battle of the bands for himself. But at this point he is, has realized that the kids are really what he's passionate about. And you can see that in the way the movie ends post battle of the bands where he's started this after school program to teach kids to play music so you know there's a there's a curve like uh, there's a trajectory there for his character an arc i guess is the word i'm looking for uh and i guess it's it, it takes uh a character being questionable and iffy and 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 wrong in that sense for for there to be a payoff and that's just how movies work but the the things that they get away with that they kind of gloss over are what kind of don't hold up and you probably wouldn't get away with now yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm like i like that like he gets his like his redemption sort of embodied like at the start when he does the stage dive yes. uh for for no vacancy and obviously just flat lands and hits the deck but then at the end he jumps out and gets embraced by the crowd and it's mm -hmm. sort of you see he he gets his payoff which is really nice um i want to also mention straight lace sarah silverman's a bit weird for me like oh yeah, yeah. You know, I wrote he that used down to wisecracking Sarah Silverman, but I'm like, I, I just don't don't like the way, like, you know, she plays the role well and you're not meant to like her with the way they cast her and the things she says. But yeah, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. And then um, last one I had was Spider. Spider's uh, fashion sense at uh, <laughs> at the Battle of the Bands it's in so the No good. Vacancy shirt. Uh, he thinks he's in the darkness, the yeah. Him and the principal at the end. Yeah. He's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> Just cacking it at the yeah. end. So funny. Just like... <laughs> Sorry. It was so funny. Yeah, what did she say? Like, uh, are you feeling okay? Or are you yeah, under you the feel... weather or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Oh, that's funny. Oh, but yeah, no, I, I actually wrote down Sarah, Sarah Silverman as well. It's, it seems... Like, I love Sarah Silverman. I think she's miscast in this movie because she's got so much more to offer than what that character is. Like, it's just, like yeah. you said, down the line, straight. Like, she does it well, but it's like, you just want something different when you see her in that sense. It would be like if they cast Will Ferrell as someone that has, like, no comedy, like, no, nothing to work with is, is basically what they've given her. But yeah, she anyone could have played that character. It didn't have to be so yeah, Sarah. Like she was un right. underutilized. It wasn't a funny character, and she's a very very funny person. So yeah, so it's it's nothing against her at all. Uh, who would be the most offended? I mean, I just wrote down like educators and maybe parents. I don't think there's anything else that's like really a problematic. 
Yeah, I wrote the uh, yeah the US education system because this dude just <laughs> takes a phone call and says, yo, I'll take the job, I'll be there soon. No reference checks, no nothing, just walks his way in and he's teaching all these kids. Like, yeah, yeah it's uh, sad. <laughs> Funny thing is yeah. it probably could happen in some schools out there today, but uh, hmm. yeah, and then just some of the, I guess, insensitive uh, nicknames that he gave to some of the kiddos, sort of, you know, people in those in those walks of life as well, have every right to be offended to some of that verbiage that gets thrown around. But outside of that, it's it's a pretty safe movie outside of a few things, I think. Yeah, I think like as uh, I, I think I kind of got offended because I was like, I love heavy metal and rock history. I'm not that much of a loser. God damn it. Come on. <laughs> so I was like, wait, I aspired to be like this guy, but I'm no, I'm not that much of a dirtbag. So I think like <laughs> the stereotyping on like metal dudes in bands, I was just like, come on. He <laughs> didn't have any, needed his <laughs> together. But anyway. <laughs> Does school of rock past the internet relevancy test i think so like there's a couple of lines like the the hangover line in sort of the opening opening third of the movie i think gets referenced a lot you know it's like no it means i was drunk yesterday like <laughs> i think i've seen that used in in sort of memes and gifs here and there or even just in general conversation but outside of that i don't know too many other quotes from this movie that i've encountered or thrown out myself in there's, the last yeah however long there's the image of him like doing like the salute like the oh really aggressive yeah salute which i guess is like for those about to rock we salute you or it might not even be from that scene but anyway it's there's there's a few like jack black's so cartoonish with his like similar to like jim carrey i guess in his like m- movements and mannerisms that even just like anytime he does like a little dance that's something that you could see like plucked out of nowhere just randomly on the internet so there's a few things like that but yeah i'm giving it a passing grade for this one anything to add matt no i'm with you i think there's not too much stuff that gets used in out of the context of the movie itself so i think like everything that's kind of iconic about the movie is about the movie so it's not too yeah it's it, i think if you're within that circle and you consume that kind of like jack blackish stuff then you're going to see it a fair bit but if not then yeah you won't find it on the internet. I'm going to do a little mm. test and type in Let's Rock into the Twitter GIF generating thing. And it's going to come <laughs> up with... Uh, so, Keanu Reeves in... in <laughs> uh, what's the movie? Uh, what's... Let- Wayne's No. I don't Wayne. Sorry. Point uh, Break? No, no, no. Uh, freaking John Wick is one of the first ones. Does he say Let's Rock in John Wick? I don't know, but it's like him loading a cartridge into his gun. Oh, okay. Then there's like John Cena, and then Jack Black is like in the top six. It's him doing the salute, says yes, sir, at the bottom. So, like I said, it's uh, it's in there. So let's rock Jack Black, School of Rock. It's it's relevant. So going full circle, if we're talking the let's rock, I always think of completely unrelated to this movie. It's a movie you're partway through watching right now, and it's Vasquez saying let's rock when they put the clips in their bloody pulse rifles and stuff and start mowing down aliens. She does a mad let's rock. That's the let's rock I always think of from movies. There's some Drake going hamburger. There's some cheesy lines in that movie. I just got to the part where the alien is like poking its head through the door and he's like, eat this and shoots. Yeah, with with a shotgun. shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like so many. I'm like, dude, it's not the time for a one-liner just like kill the thing there's yeah. always time for one-liners don't think like <laughs> yeah. that there's game over time. man is the best one in that game entire movie man. though that's so yeah. iconic oh, so Bill good. paxton okay. love it, brother all right yeah. guys calm down a little bit 
Um, <laughs> how would modern smartphones and social media change School of Rock? This movie yeah. would never <laughs> would happen. happen. <laughs> They'd jump on LinkedIn and go, oh, yeah. yep, you are not uh, Ned Schneebly. You look yeah, nothing like this man. Let's do this little Zoom meeting. Uh, that's not Ned Schneebly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would not have had this job and would not have made the School of Rock band and would still just be making up excuses as to why he doesn't have the rent yet and why he's happy to mooch off Ned. That's yeah. <laughs> It goes, been the movie. it goes back even further than that. They would have called his mobile phone directly instead of his landline because yeah, he true. wouldn't have a landline. <laughs> yeah. So Jack Black some people would... still have landlines, okay? I don't know. I, I'm not one Ned of them, Schneebly but some people is the type do. of dude to have a landline. Yeah, Schneebly yeah. would have one. <laughs> Schneebly's still rocking the pager as well in yeah. 2021, I reckon. Yeah, you can send him a fax anytime. One of the great <laughs> visual comedy things in this movie is when. He's like, oh, I'll go get Ned Schneebly for you. And he's got the phone and he's like, this is Ned Schneebly. I don't even know what he's doing. Like, I'm like, is he trying to make hold music or something? No, like, what is going on like, here? He's trying to simulate the sound of a phone being passed over to someone, but he's overcompensating. Hey, he's wrapping the cords. And, yeah. oh, it's so good. <laughs> like that scene could have gone a very different way where it's just like he waits for two seconds and then answers it. But Jack Black brought his Jack Blackness to it. <laughs> so good. Uh, yes. So I, I had the same thing, like social media accounts. It, it would have been very easy to, yeah, to all see. All those kids would have had smartphones and recorded everything <laughs> and it would have been game over. Yeah. And even like Ned Schneebly himself would be like, he'd be, maybe he'd be like, getting an email or something about like his bank details or like there just would have been like a whole bunch of ways for the whole thing to fall apart sooner than it yep. did anyway it took like a check bouncing or like no he got yeah. a check no in his yeah bank nearly opened yeah. it so checks man i hate him <laughs> my grandma gives me a check for my birthday every year and i'm like thank you but also now i have to go to the bank yep <laughs> still get checks that's awesome that's yep. the best God bless her. Uh, could you make School of Rock today? And what would the 2021 version be? This is where I have to point out that there is a School of Rock musical that was adapted by Andrew Lloyd Webber, of all people. Yeah, fan of the opera, of all people. Yeah. And there's also been a School of Rock TV show that I didn't know existed until I researched I didn't know this. either. Yeah, it had like three seasons in the last few years. What? It's yep. a car- is it a cartoon? No, no. No, it was on Nickelodeon, live action. Yeah. So it's Whoa. like the... It, it Like, looking at it, I didn't watch it, but just looking at it, I got Glee vibes. Like, if you cross School of Rock with Glee, and it's like, hey, there's kids gotcha, in okay. high school, and they're singing songs, and it's crazy antics with, you know... Yeah, and I've I've watched a couple of episodes of this, and he's, he's not like a fake... He's actually like a, a down-on-his-luck type of teacher. Like, he's not... A, like, there's none of the him stealing someone's identity and whatever else he's actually a teacher at the school and right. teaches the music and stuff so yeah okay so yeah, I, yeah. it's not very good though I, I guess my point is yes you could still make this now there's no reason that you couldn't you just have to kind of get around some of the stolen identity stuff maybe <laughs> yeah the, the 2021 version would be it's just all done on zoom and everyone's <laughs> just stuck indoors it'd just be the COVID version of School yeah. of Rock just uh, some dude opening up like you know tuition or something in his house and doing it over the phone or something that'd be the the sad. true 2020 version of it yeah it's all done digitally it's all done over zoom just like now yeah. 
Yeah. Alright. The Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. I struggled with this one more than any other movie because Yeah, like it's, it's not a deep cast. Yeah, there's like, the, there's, like there's a lot of kids and whatever else, yeah. but like they haven't like you already alluded to most of them not doing much from this movie, so I haven't even written an answer for this because I'm like, I don't know where we go with this, to be honest. Can you, like, can you please clarify this award for me, So, Jono? The Steve Buscemi Sparkplug Award is for an actor who kind of just shows up and quickly makes an impression, you know, makes the most of their small amount of time on screen and like Steve, say- like Steve Buscemi tends to do in his like Adam Sandler movies. Gotcha. But this is the thing, like none of the school teachers at the school uh, have like comedic lines really like this yeah. like you kind of expect like kyle gas from tenacious d is going to show up in all of jack black's movies yeah there weren't many ca- there weren't any cameos yeah. were there? i so, watched that nah. i didn't really so register no, in my yeah, brain yeah there's, there's no like kg cameo as like the quirky science teacher or like will ferrell's coming in as the janitor or something like there's there's none of that in this movie um it's almost like they've just saved everything to, oh. to get them with the kids in the classroom as much as possible you give it to snake so, yeah, it's like the, the nominees are... Is it Snake, the guy at the end that's hitting on... So funny. That scene is hilarious. And it's Spider, not Snake. Spider, spider. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, he's got a snake tattooed on his chest. Yeah. Okay, so it's... He's, he's, oh, damn. His actor's name is Lucas Babin, or Babin, I guess. Sure. So He's a handsome fella, so maybe oh, he's yeah. a bit Babin. Babin, yeah. The other one I wanted to mention was Brian Fultudo, who I mentioned before aka fancy pants because he's not like he doesn't have heaps to do in this movie but he's always yeah. funny when he has a line yeah. like, you're tacky and, you're I, tacky hate and you. I hate you like, <laughs> that's the, the delivery of that line is so good for a kid and, and he's uh, so serious and they're just like oh, i'll see you after class yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah that was that, that 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 was my two nominees who do you think deserves it the most i'm yeah i I don't know, man. Like, it's it's tough. Like, do we go Brian? Because he, he does have some zingers. Mm. He has a couple of absolute belters that, that cracked me up. Spider, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still just too upset about his fashion choice in that uh, <laughs> Battle of the Bands. But, a t-shirt um, with no shirt. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. I guess if you look that way, fair enough. You'd look for an excuse to, to show that off. Just go but I'm, I'm going to put my money on, uh, going to go on Brian. Yeah. Go on Brian Faltudo for me. That's my vote. Yeah, okay. Let's, coin for me. Let's give it to him. Uh, he plays. Yeah, Billy is the character's name. So, congratulations, Billy. I don't know if you've ever won any awards for acting, but here's one. It's the Steve Buscemi Sparkplug Award. Last question: Is School of Rock still a good movie? It most definitely is a still. It's a great movie. Good is underselling it. I think I've really yeah. enjoyed my time watching it again today. Like, I didn't find myself getting distracted on my phone or whatever else. I, I gave it my my full my full attention and uh, loved every minute of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Watch the movie. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great movie. Watch it. It's awesome. I think, yeah. It's I, If anything, it's still a little bit underrated. I think it's still, it's an awesome movie. Yeah, it's all the things that we've said and more. I think it's easy to watch. Like it's only, I think like a hundred minutes long and it never lags. It never... There's nothing that's ever like oh, I've seen this already. Like it, it doesn't repeat jokes. It's it's just fun and and Jack Black is just 
so Jack Black in this movie. It's, yeah. it's it's peak Jack Black. Like it's yeah. it's a role that that's him. Like he doesn't have, it doesn't feel like he has to act. He's just himself. Yeah, which from, is great. From the first scene when he's on stage and he's like going nuts with this band and he's just a, a little bit over the top for what the rest of the band's vibe is and he's doing his stupid like side to side kick and dance and spinning around <laughs> trying to get his amp to work and he, he he's just funny from the start till the finish of the movie yeah the first so- the first solo with him, he's playing with the band and he's just going nuts and the yeah. stage dive happens and yeah. like all that stuff it's so good that is it so yeah i mean if you haven't watched this for a while it's a probably one of those movies that you might not watch all the time but definitely give it another shot and if you've got a family like watch it with the kids there's nothing yeah. like there's no like innuendos or like sex jokes that are gonna you're gonna have to like explain to your kids or anything so i think that that gives it a tick you, know? you might you might need to explain what a rectum is though when they when she's <laughs> throwing the band names around and she's like you know something oh, something yeah. real real sissy and then she's like what about pig rectum yeah. <laughs> that bloody <laughs> cracked me up so good <laughs> Uh, and the, the read between the lines joke is also another one that you see like occasionally will get thrown out there on on social media but anyway yeah um that is it so let's wrap things up here brendan what have you been working on and, and where can people find you Whew, i've just been working on a couple of burly twisted palms while we've been recording now but you can find me on them socials at brendan 8 bits obviously uh the hungry gamers on the each and every week you can just search us on all those podcast platforms, The Hungry Game Show. If you want to go back and listen to episode 14, you can hear uh, Maddie Stallone mm. smash it out of the park battling Panda TV, uh, battling World of Warcraft. But uh, yeah, find me on them podcasts, find me on them gaming platforms. Just find me find me everywhere. Maybe in a, in a fast food line somewhere ordering some lunch. <laughs> so uh, say good day. Yeah, absolutely. And Maddie, uh, you're not on the socials and you're not really doing the the podcast thing too much apart from our you know amazing guest appearances here and there <laughs> so i wanted to give a shout out here to audio technica one of the the you know partners of this podcast and 8-bit in general are you okay with a, a bit of an ad read happening here oh i'll take i'll take whatever yeah. i can get yeah let's... yeah but you you can find me at home on my couch that's yeah. where you can find me everyone so <laughs> all right well i i just wanted to say audio technica the best of the best in audio equipment we don't have like an offer code, but you don't need one because they have something to fit every budget, microphones, turntables, headphones for studio recording, gaming, podcasting, or just like day-to-day life because no exaggeration here. And it's not just because I love Maddie and the AT crew. They're all awesome, but I still can't fathom how good the battery life is on my Bluetooth M50Xs. Like I use them literally every day, Matt, and charge it like maybe once a month yeah they're like, insane 40 it says 40 hours but it's more it's crazy yeah <laughs> it's it's insane and if i ever leave the house without them i'm like struggling i'm just like oh i, I need my my headphones so audiotechnica.com.au or audio-technica.com.au for all your audio goodness have you got anything special happening that you can tell us about i know we've got like the limited edition oh. orange Oh yeah, Lantern Glow is coming out end of August. Um, there's something new and exciting coming out first of June. Uh, there's two things coming out in June, hopefully, and then yeah, some hopefully some magic uh her out towards the end of the next year. Well, mm-hmm. the end of this year. COVID's been a weird time to uh to do uh our jobs. It's been very yeah. lots of del- things. It's just tough. But um, can we say at least that that we'll be having a presence at PAX this year? 
Yeah, we're going to be at Paxos. It's going to be yeah. great. We're, got, we're coming back home. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be cool. We're going to have some fun stuff to do, hang out with all our mates again, and just, yeah, just be a part of it all, miss it heaps. So, yeah, it was weird not doing it last year. So, mm. I think it's all overdue. Sounds good. Well, you can, of course, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Share it with your friends. Grab your 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net. We've got a Comedy Rewind-inspired t-shirt with like a Sony VHS throwback design. If you haven't checked that out yet, go and do so. We've got the 8-bit founders coins dropping left, right, and center for people who have purchased them over at the Kofi page. Brendan's got his right there. And if you've ordered one, I'm sure you've either got it or it's in the mail. So that's ko-fi dot com slash we are 8-bit if you want to order yours or if you just want to support the work of 8-bit and all of our podcasts you can do that there too you can also just leave us a review or a rating in your podcast service of choice but especially apple Podcasts and podchaser and you can follow me at Jono himself dear listeners we want to thank you for joining us on comedy rewind be kind <laughs>